0: And we're back.
1: I'm James. This is the This Man Podcast. I'm Luke. I'm Mike. I'm Brent. I'm James. All right. Hey James. How's school going this week? Good. Yeah. What is the weird game you found on the tablet with all the foreign countries playing against each other?
2: Smart soccer.
1: Smart soccer. Interesting. What, oh, what happened to this game? Um, it's hard to explain. Who, what, give us some of the countries that you've played. Um, Argentina, Australia, Brazil, Chile. All right.
2: Anything else you want to tell us about? No. (laughs) Hey, James. James, we do, uh, we did have a question from one of our listeners for you. What? Who's the better cook in your house, your mom or your dad?
1: Well, my dad's really good at soup <laughs> and mac and cheese. Soup and mac, mac and cheese. cheese. Soup and, and mac and cheese. cheese. Perfect. I'm sold. I appreciate that. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Thanks, bud. See you, James. All
0: right. Mike, I'm really excited uh, to hey, show the risk one of these days.
1: Oh, man, he'd be all about it. If you guys could find a way to play bit Risk electronically, he could have a whole world. <laughs> he um, just
0: plays Risk electronically.
1: Well, that's better than giving him anything with Parlay, so we're good there. <laughs> he just ran out the door and said, peace out. I don't know where this stuff comes from. <laughs> well, uh, another week, guys. Um, another exciting uh, show an exciting guest um Sean Rady from ABC Fox Montana um is is joining us which is great because obviously uh, Sean hosts the Grizz uh, coaches show every week and um ABC Fox has almost all of the preseason games on 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 their network so Sean glad to have you on uh, on the pod this week
3: yeah thanks for uh thanks for having me guys I feel like I uh kind of do little mini pod segments with Brent when we run into each other at the gym. If you add all of those up, it's probably like 10 hours, which would equal kind of one of these episodes. So
1: I think. <laughs> that, that seems about right. Yeah. <laughs> that is, that's basically the origin story of the pod anyway. So it fits right in. So Sean, what have you been doing uh, to keep yourself busy and employed uh, in the last month and a half?
3: Yeah, it's kind of interesting. Like, when it first happened, I remember, you know, I was down in Boise and for the Big Sky Tournament, and that was just a wild couple days. That Wednesday night when Gobert, you know, was tested positive, and they're bringing him off the court, and then the NBA kind of shuts down. I remember, like, we went out to just a couple uh, establishments in Boise, ran into, you know, a bunch of, uh, you know, Grizz Athletic Department staff people, and we're all like, man, I hope – uh you know, baseball starts on time, um, you know, but we think it will. Like, you know, the Big Sky Conference, oh, yeah, we're, we're going to finish the tournament, no problem. Like, they'll just play the NCAA tournament with no fans, we wake up the next morning, and everything just shuts down. And it just happened so fast. And I remember driving back from Boise and being like, what the hell am I going to cover? How, much, how am I going to fill all this content? When there's no sports going on. Um, but it's actually, um, it's been easier than I thought Uh, a lot easier because while there's no live sporting events, the fact that it's now become acceptable to interview people via Skype or FaceTime or zoom, I can do it way easier than physically having to like grab my camera gear and go meet them somewhere, set it up and get it done. Like I can just call them in two seconds and bam, and it's become an acceptable way which I think it might change in the future and a lot we might have more of this. So it's actually been kind of easier in, in a
1: way. Yeah. I mean, I think you're definitely right. And it definitely increases your, your pool of interesting people to talk to I would think.
3: Yeah. And like, you know, we've been doing these rewinds, like, you know, the Grays obviously you have been doing the chalk talk, those classics and stuff, which have been awesome. And I've done a few as well. And it's been really easy to just like call up like former players and just like chat about it. And then you can just call up anybody. And I, uh, I just talked to Will Cherry the other day. I'm going to be doing a couple on the, uh, the 2012 and 2013 Grizz Championships against Weber State, talking about Damian Lillard and then, you know, Will Cherry's senior year and stuff. And Will, I mean, we talked for, you know, 45 minutes about all sorts of stuff. And you just get so much more, more content this way when normally I wouldn't be able to talk to him because it wasn't as acceptable to do a, like a Zoom or Skype or something. And obviously, like, he's out and about and overseas and now back home. But you just never get to see those guys normally.
2: Oh, so, Sean, give, give us like a little bit of your background, like your, just kind of your path to where you're at now, um, just coming up in, in, in your sports journalism and, and whatnot.
3: Yeah, so I always – I mean, I've obviously been obsessed with sports my whole life. I played at pretty much every single sport growing up probably realized in uh in high school that I wasn't going to be good enough at any of them to uh, <laughs> to keep to keep playing I was like I was above average in every sport but not great at any and so I was like I'm not going to be able to play in college or or do any of that and so I was like what can I do where I'm still around the game every day so I always knew I wanted to get into to broadcast journalism stuff and I actually had some family friends that are from Missoula, the Klusowiches, um, who live out in Frenchtown. Um, you know, Jace, the, the youngest one, is going to be a senior at Sentinel and is a, is a stud. His dad and uncle played for the Grizz. And so when I was in junior high, I came up, visited Missoula. I think I went to a game way back in the day. They, I think they were playing Fort Lewis, and they beat them by like 100. Wow. And I was like, all right, this is pretty cool. <laughs> like Washington Grizz was loud and everything. It was like – it was just as loud as – going to games at, you know, Qualcomm, going to the Charger games, because everything was just so close, and I was like, I want to go there. And so, came to Montana. They had a great, you know, broadcast journalism program. Started at uh, KECI my senior year doing uh, half news, half sports, and new for sure. I didn't never, I never wanted to do news. It was uh, not fun at all. And uh, – <laughs> And then it took me, uh, I had to apply to ABC Fox Montana three times. They didn't hire me three different times. Um, and the, the, the people that they hired instead of me were, uh, were uh, interesting characters. One got a DUI right away, another one left in three months, and I was like, wow. And they kept passing me over for all these hooligans and uh, <laughs> finally got it and I've st- kind of stuck here ever since.
2: I think uh, I'd had uh, we we field questions kind of at the end of the pod, but I did have uh, someone shoot me a note on Facebook, and they were just curious. Uh, do you, like where do you see yourself? You know, feels like an interview question here. You know, five ten years is do you do you want to stay in Missoula, or do you aspire to some bigger better things?
3: Yeah, a lot of people ask me that because you know the a common thing is like in our business is you just you, you try to quickly move up the ladder as fast as you can, and it's kind of usually done by like you know two-year contracts. You kind of sign two years here, go there, go here, go there. You know, well, I, you know, I married my wife, she's from Livingston. They're all, you know, they all still live in Montana and are very close to Montana. And, you know, I have two young kids and kind of settled down early. And I just never really felt like dragging, dragging kids from place to place every two years. And, uh, so I still have two years left on a four-year contract. You never know, but I would, you know, I would love to stay here. Um, if possible. I just, I, I've seen other sports casters. They go on to bigger markets to experience it, but then they end up like coming back because they just know how great it is. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy here. I would love to stay here uh, as long as I can. So
2: you're the uh, Robin Selvig of Missoula sports journalism.
3: <laughs> I am the longest tenure guy here now, which is, uh, you know, once, once Derek Berkeley, uh, you know, switched over to, to teaching and stuff. Um, I am, I am the last, the last one. (laughs)
2: Perfect. Uh, Let's see. So obviously it's awesome having you on. And um, I, so you've been uh, obviously doing sports journalism here in Missoula for a a good stretch now. And I think like a lot of times, a lot of our listeners really just like, I just kind of entertaining or fun stories or just really memorable events from games you've covered or things you've done. So uh, have you got any fun ones to share with us?
3: Oh, man, so, so many games, so many stories. Um, Trying to think of, I mean, I think, I think some of the, the top, the the games and the top memories that I remember, um, my first year covering Grizz football was the, uh, when the Grizz went to, with, with Flugrad his last year, when they went to the semifinals, um. Mm -hmm. So like that that night game, uh, that quarter I think it was the quarterfinal night game Northern was um, yeah. was really really awesome. Um, and I you know I got a picture with the fireworks going off from that game from up on top of the M. Like that game stands out. North Coast State, I mean that one probably had uh, had so much buzz to it. Um, Grizz, ba- the Northern, the Grizz basketball, I mean. Probably going to the NCAA tournament has been the, the most fun thing, just because there's such an aura and an electricity in the atmosphere at those tournaments. It's hard to like describe if you've never been there. It just it's just something different, you know. And uh, probably when the, when the Grizz get out to that that early run against Michigan, that first matchup, you know, you're, you're, that inclination of like, wow, could they actually <laughs> could they actually do this? Um, I mean, those are probably like the the college games that that really s- stick out to me
2: when you so the the 2015 NDSU game like when ESPN was like doing all their stuff uh, you were down on the sideline for that game right yeah and not for ESPN but for your own um for for ABC um were you was it just like look at their production and everything they did was it like this is the real deal or was it just kind of like man like we do some of this shit too like they're not that great
3: no but <laughs> The funniest part, the funniest part of that was, you know, Maria Taylor was on the sidelines Yeah, and become like a huge, She's gone like up the rung at ESPN. Mm-hmm. And I remember she had like, <laughs> she had this, her little, uh, um, makeup lady would just follow her around on the sidelines and just would be like patting her face down every like five minutes and stuff. And I was like, man, I got, I'm gonna have to get me one of those. Cause, uh, yeah, I'm kind of off on my own. Um, <laughs> Oh, here's a here's a story for you. When I was when I first started doing sidelines, um, obviously the, the gear that we have isn't um, the equipment isn't, you know, the nicest stuff. And uh, so it's, it's like my very first Grizz game. And I, you know, I have an IFB in and I'm on and I'm on the north end zone. And uh, the Grizz like are on defense and still so the north end zone, the Crazes are just going nuts. And they're, they're going to toss down to me, and I cannot hear a single thing in the IFB. And I'm like, oh, my God, I have no idea when they're tossing to me. I'm going to just be standing here frozen like an idiot. And yeah, I, like uh, I can just – In your ear? Yeah, so it's IFB. It's like this, just an earpiece in my ear so I can hear the, the color and play-by-play guy. Okay. And it just it goes out, and I, so I can't hear anything. So I'm just standing there, have no clue what is going on. I was on camera for, like, seven seconds just staring there, just not saying anything, just looking like a complete idiot. And then I just start talking, I'm sure I bumbled it and tossed it back, and I was just like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to look so bad. One more quick story about sidelines. It was when – I can't remember what game. It was Delaney, Delaney was coach. Jordan Johnson got – he got his bell rung during the game. And so I went over – to the Grizz sideline because we are on the other end. So I went over to the Grizz sideline. I asked the trainer what's going on. And they're like, oh, they're just, you know, he's going through the concussion protocol, you know, questionable. So I go back, I report that on the game. Well, he, Jordan Johnson never comes back. In the press game, post-game press conference, <laughs> Coach Delaney goes, someone asked about Jordan Johnson for stats for next week. He's like, oh, he's fine. right? Like, oh, so he didn't have a concussion or anything. Oh, no, it wasn't even his head, blah, 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 blah. Because he's just saying that as a coach, so the other team thinks he's playing. Well, someone on EGRIS, and this was, like, before I really – I didn't pay attention to EGRIS all that much, but in the very beginning, in the very beginning, I would go on there to, like, see what pe- people might have said about, like, our production or about me on the sidelines or whatever. And somebody said that because I reported Jordan Johnson getting a concussion – I should be taken out to the oval and shot in the head execution style.
1: Oh, my God. <laughs> I, wish I, saved, I wish I would have
3: screenshotted that comment because I was like, wow. Like, that was so intense that it was like I kind of laughed, you know. Uh, but I was like, jeez. I was like, I'm not going on here anymore.
2: Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, good old Egress. Yep. Wow.
1: Um, so when you started ABC Fox, they must the the their news and sports department must have been relatively young, still,
3: right? right. It was, when I first when I first went over there, in 2011, I was the only person there. We didn't have a studio. We didn't have news. We only had the ten at ten, and so I would just That's get all the highlights yep. from Zula, send it to Great Falls where the studio was, and they would run. 10 minutes of weather and sports at 10 o'clock. And that was it. And then like six months into the job, they built the studio, built everything. And that's when we started launching all of our shows and then got all the rights to, you know, Grizz and Cats football and kind of you know grown it since then. So we've been pretty new, but um, our company with SWX, like they invest so much into sports more than like any other TV station. And so it's been, you know, we've been new on the block and that's been hard to like, Breakthrough, but because we've been so invested in sports, like I feel, I have the best sports job in the state.
1: I, that's hard to disagree with, honestly. I think that the the network and then SWX and kind of the, I, I don't think there's one that compares as far as working together and talking to each other and stuff like that. So you you obviously then were around because um, your channels were broadcasting the cat games in HD before before they had the Grizz contract and, and another channel in town had it, and wasn't in HD. And that was like the biggest, yeah. uh, the biggest complaint that you could ever find in uh, the community. Yeah. I remember being in college and like watching the games on
3: K-Pax and it was just like, you can't even see what's going on. Like it was, the quality was so bad. I'm not here to like just bash on, you know, K-Pax or anything, but like. No, it's just
1: pre HD. I mean, it just, yeah,
3: it was just, yeah. it was just so bad. And, and they took, they took a long time, both them and KCI. We were we were on the air for news doing HD news for like a year and a half before they did. And, uh, you know, I think we've gotten our, our productions down, you know, pretty, pretty well. I'm pretty proud. In the beginning, you know, it was, you know, there's so many. I don't think people realize how many uh, people it takes to put on a game and, and how much setup and, and training it takes. And we've pretty much gotten it down. an art form now jason Munson, our our swx guru and producer has gotten it gotten it down we've got an awesome crew and i I think we put on a pretty good a pretty good product considering how small we are
2: you guys are actually able to stream stuff where apparently sports can't figure that out so
3: yeah
0: yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, what's uh, what's your sort of what are your degrees of freedom when doing some of the what I think are uh, super interesting long form pieces. Like I was a big fan of the prison ball. Yeah, one that one was great. Um, can you talk about maybe like one, how you come up with the ideas and two, like how do you have the time to do it among your day to day?
3: Yeah, I don't have the time, <laughs> um, but yeah, I love, I love doing those long form pieces. You know, I did that. I did that. The story on June Eastwood, the first transgender runner um, that both of those were about half an hour. Um, yeah, the prison ball one took a long time. We went, we took about three or four trips over to the Montana state prison. And, uh, of course I came up, I thought of that idea, like, as football season was starting. And so (laughs) I would, it would basically just be like, I'd have to work on it like a half an hour a day or an hour a day. Once I got all my regular duties done. And I, you know, I think that's what I'm most proud about when it comes to those is like, You know, there's some other people in the state that do some of those, but they don't have the day-to-day responsibilities of producing a show, and having to pump out daily content that I do. They kind of get to just go off and work on those, and that's their sole priority. So for me to be able to like squeeze some of those in has been awesome, and it's really just like I'll just be sitting there and just be trying to think of of story ideas like for my for my newscast. Like I didn't think that prison ball one was going to be a, a big thing. I was just like, oh, it'd be kind of cool to see like what sports are like in the prison. And then when I got there and started talking to everybody, I was like, wow, this is, this is a bigger story here. And then it kind of just grows into what it became.
2: John, you were nominated for awards for that uh, production too, weren't you?
3: Yeah, I was nominated for an Emmy. Um, it won, it won uh, TV program of the year for Montana. The, the June's run is nominated for an Emmy. Um, we'll find out if I can take down the, the big boys of like come up against like the Seahawks and the Mariners and root sports and a couple other things. So hopefully that one can, uh, can bring it home, but yeah.
2: As a, as a Mariners fan, I can tell you, I
3: doubt they have any good content. To well, it's, it's been, ah. well, the Mariners won one last year. It was, they followed, what? they followed Nelson Cruz and Robinson Cano down to the Dominican Republic. and did a documentary on getting kids out of the Dominican Republic to play baseball. So I couldn't with oh uh, yeah. <laughs> that. And, and this year it's it's Edgar Martinez's uh, like hall of fame induction show and things like that. So we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Not about how they're winning baseball games. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Um, kind of another interesting thing going on and kind of, I guess, transitioning away from just kind of your, your, your story a little bit, but, um, obviously you, you, when, when SWX took over kind of being the, I don't know where the, where the right word is, but the on-air partner of, of Grizz football. Right, yeah, the home for Cats and Grizz, yeah. Yeah. Um, you obviously started hosting Coach's show. Um no. What goes into that? Like, how do you, I mean, you guys do a better job. I think you've made it more personal than previous versions, but how do you kind of determine how you're doing that? You, you brought Riley in at one point. How do you kind of build that show?
3: Yeah, that was uh, the first, the first few years of that. Um, I mean, it's, it was basically just like two of us do the whole thing. Like we have to set it all up, shoot it all edit it all and the worst part about it we have to have closed captioning for legal purposes so I'd have to sit there for about five hours and type out every single word that was said in the whole entire show for closed captioning and it was every Sunday I had to do it so I would like miss a lot of football or like have to do it in between I'd be in the edit bay (laughs) I'd be in the edit bay like watching a game and I'd run in the edit bay during commercial and try to bust out as much as I could in like 120 seconds and then run back and watch the game. And then, but I, but I ended up being there all day <laughs> and I'm not like the fastest typer either. I was like, man, this is just bullshit. And uh, so it's kind of evolved since then we've um, you know, I, I kind of went in and I was like, look, I, this is, I can't do this. Like you're, I'm just going to, you're going to kill me. And I'm just going to get run down by the end of football season. Um, so we've gotten a little bit of help since then, but yeah, I kind of really just wanted to, to show off the, the personality of a lot of the athletes, because that's one of the luckiest positions that I'm in, especially with me when I get to like travel on the charter to all the away games. And I'm just around the the players a lot more than other people. So you get to like know who they are as people and know like a lot of the, you know, the other side of them and the cooler side of them. And so that's kind of like what I wanted to show, um, you know, in that show. And uh and then just get behind, like away from all like the, the coaches speak and the you know the chalk talk. And we, you know, obviously there's some of that. You got to you know recap games and, and things like that. But just trying to have fun with it. I love doing those mic'd up segments. Although Coach Hauk has has nixed that. He hasn't let me mic um, any of these senses up. I, I keep I keep trying. I'm I'm gonna keep pressuring him every single year to let me, but uh, he hasn't yet. So uh,
1: those but those are always fun. I mean, obviously, you know we've noticed that with, with coach Hauk and like even Britt and I could, it's just like a QB club, you know, with previous coaches, the assistants all used to come and they don't like it is. Hauk is the voice and everybody else. And I, I, I think that for the group he's got now, a bunch of veteran coaches, it's probably a, a favor to him. Like they probably appreciate not having to, to talk or anything like that, but it has been interesting on the, uh, on the chalk talk that they've been doing, you know, the former players who were in those games have been talking. It's been kind of fun to hear from them. So it is kind of a bummer to, you know, you'd get an interesting perspective from the offensive and defensive coordinators.
3: Yeah, we can't even, I mean, we can't even interview coaches during the season either, which is, you know, kind of unfortunate because a lot of times, like, you know, if I'm trying to do a feature on like a running back, it would be awesome to hear from, you know, Coach Green about that guy or something because, you know, Coach How. For a lot of those, he's not going to give you all that much, as far as sound uh, bites go. <laughs> you don't say. He's really good on the on the you know on the Grizzly Sports Report, and I'm sure like you know for you guys at Quarterback Club, he's he like will say a lot for those. But in in the traditional like media settings, like he's not going to give you anything. And so I would love to talk to some of the position coaches about their players, when we're, especially when we're doing features on them and trying to highlight them. But you get Coach Halk, you're like, yeah, he's good. He's big, strong, fast. Those are good football players. That's what we need. And that's it. You know, like, that's all he'll give you. <laughs> you know, yeah, he's good. His quality is what we want in a uh, Montana football player, you know. But it is what it is.
1: <laughs> it's funny because we've, we've definitely heard those. Um, Coulter has mentioned to us before, you know, writing senior features, it's just kind of a bummer to not hear from the position coaches too. So, there are yeah. probably pros and cons to that. Do you
0: think, yeah. do you think we'll be able uh, to guild? coaches into more access for the players if it will in the future lead to maybe better earnings for them and i don't want to squash you know we're going to talk about this later but you know it could really help sell a player's ability to sell himself if if we get to hear from them more
3: i agree but i would almost knowing how i would almost think that like once this opens up, he's just going to try and shut it down even more because he doesn't want guys getting distracted or worried about their appearances or money. Like I have a feeling it's just going to go the other way.
2: No <laughs> one's above
1: the team. team. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: Do you guys think that will
3: be a disadvantage in recruiting
0: that mentality?
3: Um, not, not if they just get back to get back to winning. You know, I think that's kind of the the bottom line. You know, if they can get if they if they truly start returning to dominance and just build on what they did last year, those are the kind of football players that he wants. And and I don't think any of else will
2: matter as long as they win. Yeah, you look at like North Dakota State came out and said if you're going to play for us at our level, but you can't like you can't do the like off your image. I mean, they'd say what right time in time out we got the guys we wanted the guys who wanted to come here and play and and not just be hot shots and people would do it now if northern colorado said it i I can't imagine that have a lot of people making money off their likeness anyways well that's what i was
1: gonna say i mean it's like the the number of teams at the fcs level that you really could go to and legitimately have any opportunity to make any endorsement money it's probably got to be like five you know
3: i mean it's to me. It's not going to really matter what Coach Howl wants because, you know, Montana has you know probably the you know has the biggest fan base in the FCS. So the fans, the the market will be there for players to do stuff whether Coach Howl wants it or not. And mm-hmm. so I think I think it'll be. He'll try to and, and squash as much as he can during practice and like around us and stuff, but. He's not going to be able to – control. it's going to get – the players are going to be able to do whatever they want, and I don't think he's going to be able to control it as much as he'd like.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, that's the thing. It's like, you know, Brent, you mentioned like kind of saying, no, we don't do it here. But I kind of wonder – like I think that would defeat the whole like newfound freedom. Like he probably can't. It's such an uncharted territory. It's just going to be fascinating to watch. Yeah, it's going to be fascinating to watch at the upper levels too. Yeah. Especially just
3: because he's so, like, you know, I just want – I want football players. I don't want guys that are, like, you know, distracted, you know, with, with other things. Like, I've heard from, like, a lot of some of the high school recruits that, uh, you know, they're, they'll receive, like, letters and, like, multiple texts and just, like, get bombarded from some of these other schools. And Montana just, like, doesn't really do that. They're, like, they'll text you, like, hey, summer camp, these are the dates. Well, like, other schools will be, like, Will you please come to – like, he's not going to, like, get on his knees and, like, beg people to, to come here, you know, because he's like, I want dudes that want to play football and that want to be here. I'm not going to, you know – i don't, I'm not going to get on my knees and, and beg for you to, to, to be here because that those aren't the type of guys that he wants. You know, so it's going to be – it'll be interesting.
1: Do you find um, that you kind of have to walk maybe a finer line than some of the other guys in town be- between – you know, breaking news or reporting on things that you know might not be popular with coaches, but also balancing your responsibilities to host the show and
3: hundred percent. Yeah, you you hit it right on. Um, it almost yeah. It puts me. It puts me in a lot harder position. Like there's a lot of times because I hear a lot of information, and. I got. I just. It is a. I got to be very careful with how it's you know worded or like when I can say things and and uh, gotten a lot better at it. But it's still like, you know, Coach Houck this last year when when uh, when Dalton got hurt, he said he was talking on the show about when he expects him to return and we tape it on like a Sunday, right? And so he said it while we're on camera, and then so I tweeted it out that night of what he he said on camera because I was like, you know, it's pretty understood between like him and I that anything he says on camera is fair game. Anything that we talk about off camera is not. But he was under the assumption that it was going to air Wednesday. And so I couldn't say anything until after it would (laughs) have aired. So I tweeted out and he wasn't too happy about it. But then like, you know, we talked about it and we're all good. But like, that was an instance where, you know, it's like, what do I do here? You know, like I, you know, I want to, I want to provide as much as I can to the, to the viewers as well and let them in on it. But there's so many times where I can't, or like, even when I, or if I want to be like a little bit more critical, you, you gotta be really careful because you know, it's just a, it is a fine line and I I get put in an awkward position a, a lot of times. It's, it's pretty interesting.
1: So instead you just tweet cryptic things out and we all just have to well, that, try and guess for hours on end what the I've hell Sean's talking about.
3: It. I have never I've never done heard that heard before you? ever. And I was just like, you know what? F it. We're in quarantine. <laughs> I'm going to just do it. And everyone's like, thought it was like going to be like good news for like football or basketball or something. And I was like, I just want to be like, guys, this is this is not good. This isn't good. Like, you don't want to know.
2: Sean, <laughs> when you when you had tweeted that transfer news question mark or something, okay. I had like five people, mostly eager, send me messages and they're like, Sammy Akem's leaving. I was like, Sean <laughs> just Sean just tweeted it. And I pulled it up. I was like, he didn't say that. And there was there was something else too, where it was like a football thing, and then someone else was like, uh, we got a quarterback coming in from the PAC, the, the Pac-12. Like, they're coming in, and Sean just – Sean verified. It's like, oh, my God. So, good job with your cryptic tweets.
3: <laughs> and I hate it. I hate it when, like, you know, I follow, like, you know, Padres and Charger stuff, and sometimes, like, guys will do that. And I'm like, man, I hate that. But I was like, you know what, I'm going to be that guy one time. Just one time. I've never done it before. So, you know, I apologize to all of you. I will not do it again. But, uh, yeah, that was kind of fun, though. I'm not going to lie.
1: Don't make promises. You do whatever you want. <laughs> I oh.
0: think you, you think you need to get in the habit of breaking like awesome news because we have like woge bombs, but your name, you know, containing the word rain has like some really great, like potential, like fun little like, you know, he's gonna like pour some rain down on a like. <laughs> know, like
3: well, <laughs> well, it's so bad because like so many times like I. I have you know, I have the news all the time, but I can't break it because a coach told me and told me not to say anything. So like a lot of the times, like I'll know it, and then immediately, you know, a lot of the times it's it's Coulter with Skyline, you know, like he'll get wind of it, and then I have to wait till he tweets it out, and then I'll quote tweet him immediately after. Mm-hmm. So if you see Coulter tweet something out and then I'm quote tweeting it right after, that means like I've had it for like a week. <laughs> and I've just been like waiting for somebody else to do it because I was told that I couldn't, you know? And uh, let me introduce you to what we call a burner account. <laughs> I'll just be Chargers fan 22 and I'll just tweet out his stuff and everybody
1: will know it'll be me. I was going to say, people figured out but boy, this guy knows an awful lot about what's going on internally for a Chargers fan.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so, Sean, you you start uh, was it two years ago? You started doing a little bit of play-by-play for basketball as well, right?
3: Yeah, I mean, I dabbled in it. Um, you know, even before that, and I, I actually I started out doing a lot of color because it's kind of fun, and you know, we had other people that were doing play-by-play, so I would do some color, but um, yeah, but doing more and more play-by-play. Um, it's, it's, I don't know if it's my thing, you know, I really thought that it would be like, I was like, man, it'd be so fun to call games and stuff. But to be honest, like, I think I'm okay at it, but I don't think I'm like naturally that good at it. Like, just to be honest, like, I just feel like, you know, I'm very critical of myself and I feel like I do a a pretty good job of a lot of those like long form stories and like doing a lot of like fun and creative stuff on the news and that kind of stuff. And I just – the play-by-play stuff just doesn't come as naturally to me. It's pretty – and it's a hard thing to do. Plus, like, I don't think people realize how much prep work goes into calling a game. Oh, yeah. And a lot of the times, like, I got to call a game on, you know, a Friday Friday night of high school football, and then I got to do sidelines for Grizz on Saturday and all my daily responsibilities of producing a show. So sometimes I'm like, oh, my gosh, I got – two games this week that I'm calling or being a part of and it's just like I don't have the time to do the necessary prep work to be as good as I can be so sometimes I, I pass on it and, and let other people do it but yeah it, I mean it's it's certainly fun and it goes by really fast and it's fun when you do it with somebody that you really have a good rapport with but you know I'm, I'm getting better but it's it's I wouldn't say it's like my natural thing
2: gotcha we should do a, a pod game at some point. We should lobby for some game. <laughs>
3: <laughs> that's the stuff that would, be, that would be fun. Like Vince and I, Vince Bagby, our SWX producer, like we used to be when he was at KCI, we'd be at like a high school game and him and I would just jokingly start doing like the play-by-play in color and just, you know, <laughs> saying ridiculous crap. And I was like, man, that would – now that's up my alley, you know. The proper stuff, not, not as much. No. I have
0: a brilliant, I think what I think is, I think all my ideas are brilliant, but um, I think I have a good idea for you. You were a prolific uh, University of Montana intramural uh, participant. <laughs> and I think it would be really funny if you brought cameras and filmed and did color and commentary. Like an intramural, intramural game? games, because you could really call it out like, Oh, like he misses again and fails to hustle back on defense. <laughs> but it'll be so
3: loud that they'll be able to hear you. <laughs> you need this stuff out. That you know that would be pretty good. I might have to do that. I did that with um my son at T-ball and uh and made fun of him. Cause he said he was going to hit a home run and completely whiffed. And I, you know, would, would uh, be able to talk crap about my own kid, not the other kids, but <laughs> we had some fun doing those, but yeah, I'll, I'll have to do some, uh, <laughs> some intramurals and just uh,
1: make fun of everybody. I'm great for 15 from behind the arc. <laughs> and Man, Luke, know, that,
3: there's
1: some, that, there, there's some potential there. You, like set up somewhere where you can watch all the courts. like at a busy noon ball hour or something like that. And just,
3: what, he's taking polls and during timeouts,
1: this is going to get interesting. <laughs> like March Madness. Meanwhile, back on court one, <laughs> the guy who's definitely not in college anymore. Up on the
0: track, you have the bird's eye view. <laughs>
3: I love it. I'm gonna, yeah, We'll have to look into that.
1: <laughs> so what is the, speaking of kind of obviously we're not getting a Grizz fan pod commentary game this year because there isn't one, but file that away. Um what what's kind of the threshold for you guys to get games on SWX? Because it seems like you the last two years have really picked up from high school to you know NAIA to a lot of Grizz games. Like you guys have covered a lot of live sports.
3: Yeah, we've done we've done a ton. We did like I want to say, you know, close to 150 events last year in total. Um, you know, with especially with doing all the Osprey games last year picking up that contract, and, yeah, we do a ton of Frontier stuff now. Um, we didn't do as much high school this last year. We did a bunch of A stuff, um, but sometimes it's just some of these, like, smaller school facilities don't have proper internet for us to broadcast from. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's been – I mean, we have a full crew. We have a couple different crews, and it's been, it's been awesome being able to do a lot of the games that um, haven't been done before. we would love – it would be so cool if we can do high school state tournaments. Um, I can't dive too much into it, but we haven't been able to do that with them doing the streaming of the NFHS or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. They haven't really allowed us to do it. I would just – I really hope that we could because that, to me, would be the next big thing.
1: I just – I mean, like I get there are contracts and – I'm not going to put you on the spot, but I certainly have opinions on uh, the State High School Athletic Association it's yep. a conversation for another day. I just can't believe that broadcasting a state tournament on SWX wouldn't be seen as like well, yeah. the most incredible, cool, awesome thing.
3: Yeah, I think we were told that if we're going to do one, if we're going to do one, we have to do all of them, which is obviously impossible because they're all at the same time and we don't have that many people to do it. Cool. We could do, we could maybe like, you know, just add a couple of them just set up like a, a wide camera, basically like NFHS and, and a camera on the floor and shoot it with no, with no uh, commentators, which our crew in Spokane will do that for uh, high school state tournaments that they can't get to. They'll shoot it, everything, but which is out without commentators, but we just don't have enough cameras and everything to do every single one of them. But it would be, yeah, it would be incredible to be able to do any classification of like a state basketball tournament or even high school high school football if we could do you know state championship game or semi like all that. It, you know, maybe one day, not going to hold my breath, but yeah, that is the one thing that I wish we could do that we can't or haven't. Interesting.
1: Yeah, it doesn't surprise me to to hear the the thought that if you do one, you got to do them all, but lines up with some of my thoughts on that so we're going to move to a different topic before i get people in trouble um (laughs) what uh let's dive into the the player endorsement stuff a little bit luke kind of Luke kind of hinted at it but but luke do you want to kind of open that up a little bit more yeah um just
0: there's a lot of like question marks um with college sports now like new question marks but one of the lingering question marks is going to be the how different states, or maybe the NCAA as a whole, rolls out uh, the ability for players to make money on their likenesses. Um, obviously, the universities can't be involved; they can't facilitate this. Um, but it's going to, I think, change a lot about sports, and maybe even amplify the amplify the magnitude of like the unfair playing advantage at each level. And so um, some people are calling it like the end of college sports as we know it. Um, I'm not sure if it's going to be that dramatic or drastic, but uh, it's uh, the hypotheticals are almost endless. So Missoula seems kind of situated strongly for our level, Um, but who knows? I mean, we just could become like a minor league program for power five conferences as well. What do you
1: guys think? Well, you almost hit on another separate subject too, with the kind of ever changing transfer rules. Yeah.
0: Um, When's it, when's it going into effect? Next
3: year. 21, right. Yeah. So fall 2021. Yeah. Hmm. Same thing with the transfer rule. So like, I think the likeness, will help Montana because, I mean, think about it. If you're if you're battling against other big sky schools, anybody besides Montana State, you're going to have the advantage there hands down. You're going to be like, what, are you going to go to Portland State where nobody cares? Like, nobody wants to watch a commercial with Davis Alexander, the quarterback, <laughs> you know, like, nobody's going to know who he is. So Montana will have a leg up there. But, yeah, when you're talking about that transfer rule, I think that is going to have a way bigger impact – as far as at like a school like Montana goes, obviously that, that the likeness thing is going to be huge for the, the players. But as far as like how Montana might look different in the future, I think that trance rule could be huge because I think, it, you know, Montana and the lower level schools for basketball and for FCS, it's going to just be like the triple A in baseball. It's going to be just a, a farm system where they're going to be trying to pluck as many guys as they, as they can. And who knows, it might not end up being as big. And maybe that just means that Montana could also get easier drop downs. I don't know. But I think that the best players at Montana are going to get seriously looked at and it's going to be a a poaching system. But who knows? I think those two rules coupled
0: together makes it particularly difficult to hold on to stars at our level. Um, Just like thinking you're like Dante Olsen – you're the best linebacker at this level (laughs) as a junior and you don't know, the school can't tell you or a a football coach at Ohio state can't tell you that you're going to make $500,000, but you'll be able to know that last year's starting outside linebacker made $500,000 in endorsements. So if I go there, maybe there's a chance you know, I'm gonna make five hundred thousand dollars, which is actually not that far off from what Dante's gonna make in the NFL next year if he makes a roster. Whereas I stay in Missoula and maybe I make twenty five thousand tops after I cobble together fifteen different endorsement deals.
1: What is the are there any caps? Like I haven't read enough about this. Like do they limit how many endorsements people can do, or likenesses? I guess is what they're calling it. I think schools can
0: can uh, say like you know like, uh, we're Notre we're Notre Dame. You can't be sponsored by Adam and Eve. Like I think they can tell you like there are industries that are taboo, but I don't know that I haven't read anything that there's a total money cap or a number. Um you know, a number of different endorsements. Also, I think you couldn't rep like Adidas if your school was reped by Nike or something, you know, like you can't have conflicts there, but. Hmm.
3: Um, another place. All I know is that the, is that the, the local commercials are going to be epic. Oh, it's so bad. I mean, working at a TV station, some of the, the commercials that we do, You know, I go to our production guys, I was like, what the hell is up with that commercial? And they're like, they wanted it to be bad. Like, that's the whole point is to make it as terrible as possible. So you remember it. So I was like, oh man, some of these commercials with some of these, some of these kids are going to be intentionally so bad, but it's going to be so awesome. Like I'm going to run them in my sports cast because they're going to be so awesomely bad. It's going to be so great.
0: You know the the Grizz Vision segment where they're like singing like karaoke? Yeah, they're so bad. The <laughs> only, like I think the only good personality I've ever seen was Kyle Davis. Like he kind of had like some on-screen talent. I was like, "Yep, that kid could transition to something. Like he'd be great on camera." Yeah. Everyone else is horrible. Like, ah, uh, it's. Yeah, I think you guys are spot on. This is gonna be really funny. Mike, Mike Brent, are you guys gonna target anyone? Tell me.
1: Right now. <laughs> um, I don't. I don't talk about advertising strategies with, with the competition.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. So, so like, I think the thing that might be interesting is like, how will someone like a Learfield insert themselves into this, or can they? That that's like what I don't know. But like, so right now. If someone wanted Bobby Howe or Travis Secure to do like a commercial, you've got to go through Learfield. You can't just call Bobby and be like, hey, come help me sell some used cars in my car lot in a commercial or something. And of course, with all the licensing and all the stuff like that, like there's all these layers. And so would a, would a Learfield who is not part of the university, but has a contract with them, would th- would that be like a intermediary that comes in and basically serves as like an agent for all these student athletes? I don't know. It, it'll be it'll be interesting to see how that happens because because if they come in, then, then it's going to change it. I mean, obviously, then everything's going to add all these layers to where it's going to be like, oh yeah, I want I want this kid to come, you know, whatever, you know, say he likes tacos at our taco truck, and then Lurville comes in, and they're like, well, you know, there's going to be this, there's going to be that, we're gonna or what? I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how it all unfolds
1: i bet they can't
2: because the kid like
1: you know the student never signed the contract with learfield i don't there are so many unanswered questions it's gonna be fascinating
2: that's a good point actually yeah yeah um
0: i've heard student athletes talk like about and it seems like a little pollyannish to me but i've heard them say like oh well this just allows me to promote myself through my art like you know so-and-so has a CD that they want to sell and now that the, they can, you know, like they're never going to make a ton of money or, you know, I want to sell my paintings and now I can,
2: I, I don't, you know, like that's how
0: like, they're imagining this plays out more, more the most in the most regular fashion. But I imagine men's basketball, men's football is going to be like a bidding war for athletes.
2: Could be. it's gonna be weird to see how it all rolls out like exclusivity so like if i get you know starting point guard from 21 season could mike not have him then i don't know for his ads like i only want him doing my real estate ads I don't that'd know. be
1: par for the course sprint, jesus
2: <laughs> <laughs> the, whatever it's going to be the ads are going to be so horrifically bad um I can't wait. They're gonna be great.
1: We were texting, talking about the show today, and I was asking Brent if he remembered the Joe Glenn Ollies commercials, and I mean they were a different level of special. <laughs> um, I don't remember.
2: You know, so, uh, so you know Joe Glenn, who was, I think probably like the last like overly personable public relation head coach the footballs had, right? Oh yeah. And I think Joe probably liked just being a member of the public and just being a local celebrity, maybe more than he liked being a head coach. I don't know. I had these just terribly bad oldies commercials where he'd be pumping gas in his truck and he'd always like go in and he'd like hold up like a little box of like Skittles or something or a bag of Skittles or a box of something. he'd be like, I always got to bring home something for the wife and kids. And it was always just these just terribly cheesy good ass commercials but I mean they have some sort of lasting power so we're still talking about 20 20- the, the, the interesting
3: thing will be in, rec- in recruiting like let's say there's like a you know big high school kid out of Montana and he comes on a recruiting chip here and all the boosters are like hey you come here I'm going to guarantee you $15,000 in commercials like that's where it could get pretty ugly oh, I, don't, I don't know you know what I mean
1: yeah, and even if they say that, oh, they couldn't do that. It's like, how do how, how yeah. do you not? Like, how do you prevent that? You can't. Uh-huh.
0: Yeah. So, like, whatever university has, like, the billionaire willing to waste the most money wins.
1: Oregon. Let's just. It's going to be Oregon. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I don't know. Miami um, get back on scene then.
1: Oh, yeah, good point. Good point. This might be the uh, glorious return of Southern Methodist. <laughs> Death penalty be damned. We were right all along, guys. <laughs> so the other interesting thing, have you guys paid any attention to the whole kind of headlines in the last week about the how, how this whole thing relates to the NBA G League and a little bit of the concern that some of the best players might skip college and just play a year in the G League for various reasons. Have you guys seen that at all? Well they have been. The couple the top the top recruit was
3: like I'm going to go there and he's going to make between I mean the salary's not that much, but between the endorsements he's going to be making I think it was like half a million dollars. Mm-hmm. And so a, a whole bunch of other guys started going to the G League after he did, which then makes it like why are we even making them go to college at this point you know well, that's my thought it's like if you're going to let them go pro why can't they just yeah when it comes when it comes to the nba i always thought that was silly like just let them go let them go pro like i to me it's like we can send dudes off to war at 18 like they should be able to go to the nba if they want like come on
1: that one's just the one that seems the most arbitrary cuz it's like football baseball it's like you can you can see the talent they need more time, but basketball, it's, it doesn't happen that often, but I mean, it, it's more plausible that a guy can, you know, make the jump. The interesting thing to me, and, you know, maybe after a few years of this, some some economists can study it, but a guy like, um, what's it, Zion Williamson, right? He became such a star in college that he didn't make money at, at Duke. Well, I'm sure he did, but that's a good one. Um, but he was such a star because of the NCAA and the tournament and the exposure and all that, that once he left, he probably can make much more money in endorsements than somebody Mm -hmm. coming out of the G league, even if they're a big star, because they get exposed more. Um, But obviously, you know, you you hear people about, well, you take the money now because over the lifetime. And so, so I just, It'd be fascinating with a few years of data for somebody to actually study that.
2: Yeah, that's a good point.
1: Who knows? Um, so, Sean, what do you uh, what do you think about uh, football season this year? I've been trying to to listen to
3: a lot of college football people um, and a lot of you know podcasts, a lot of radio, and. Uh, I'm going to be – I'm I'm going to take the uh, the pessimistic approach. And if we end up getting college football, then I'll be happy. But I'm kind of going into it as I don't think we're going to have it. I just don't – I think with pro sports, you can play without fans. And they can make money off of TV. And they're professional athletes. So if they test positive or if someone gets sick and, you know, God forbid, dies – they're pro athletes. So they kind of like, you know, sign a contract. They're kind of signing up for it with college. I just don't see, I mean, we're not going to have full attendance this fall. Like there's just no way that there's going to be 27,000. So even if there's half attendance, like I, I just, I don't see how you go throughout a season without one player testing positive. And if a player tests positive, then what the hell are you going to do? Like you're going to have to, quarantine and the team that they're going to play the next week. Like I just don't, I just, I just don't see it happening. I, I don't, I, I wish that it would, but I just, I don't know. I don't see a way that college football
1: happens. I don't. You know, it's been in the back of my head. Cause it's like, I kind of think the same thing. It's like, we, we want to be optimistic and positive, but it's like you look at the bigger picture and it's like in the state of Montana right now, they still say groups of 10 can't meet together. And it's like, even if Montana get you know is just fine and can be normal you know the big sky commissioner said it in an article a couple weeks ago but it's like what if california can't what if washington can't then what do you do because you've got these teams traveling state to state but you know i we're a sponsor of the marathon so we got an email last night from them just giving us a heads up that they were going to you know um, cancel the missoula marathon today and that kind of it just kind of made me acknowledge what you know I've been denying for a couple months and then it's like man that's a really really real possibility well, plus you're going to have to get you're going to have to get
3: every school on board and I just don't see that happening there's going to be certain universities that are just going to be like we're not going to bring kids on campus yet mm-hmm. and so what do you do if in the big sky, what if like two of the two of the institutions just say no, we're not doing it? Like, do you just kick them out of the league for a year and like play a schedule without them? Like, what well, you know? And I just don't. Even if you're playing with no fans, how do you how do you say it's it's not safe to have any fans, but it's safe to put the kids out there and have them playing kids from other states and things like that? I just and the liability. Like, what if a kid what if a kid died from from COVID? Like you, you'd you be putting yourself out there to just get destroyed financially and you know, legally. Like I just, I don't know. I just don't, I don't see it happening. Do you
0: think that, you know, Montana has been um, luckily and knock on wood, one of the most, uh, I guess, unaffected states. I don't know that, I don't know really how to phrase that, right, we're doing better than our peers. Do you think, like, how many tests do you think it would take to play one football game? If you tested all of the players, all of the coaches, um, the referees, anyone who needed to be at the game.
3: Uh, yeah, you'd probably need at least probably 350 if you're combining both teams. Yep. At least. So, I
0: I still think this leaves an opportunity for a, for a Bobcat Grizz game. Like you just say, all right, there's no real season, but we've got two cities uh, in a state that has been unaffected, not unaffected, hasn't been affected as, as severely as some of the states, you know, in the conference, we test everyone involved, like, two days before or three days before you go into isolation um you're only seeing each other we get one game this year it's just like a non-sanctioned bob Grizz game would you guys one it seems it's it's obviously low probability but two would you guys be into that that's
2: all we got yeah i mean
3: if it comes down if it comes down to that why limit it to just one yeah, three what, what if they played six times and you just had a bye week in between every single game and you tested oh. and you tested during the bye week and you played, you played them six times that would generate, I mean, they could put games on, if there's no fans, you could do pay-per-view for those and at least the schools would be able to recoup, a, you know, a decent portion
1: of that money. Oh yeah. And, and for just, one year, like when we know we didn't like, just embrace like the, the all wild series. Cause this is just a one year thing. and It is what it is. And I and, would love that. How
3: much is <laughs> So crazy. What if they like, <laughs> it was like NBA style. They played like a, a best of seven series.
0: <laughs> okay. We'll cut
3: this section from the
0: pod for, <laughs> for a little bit while you pitch this. <laughs> and,
3: uh, it's going to take some time, but <laughs> That'd be so so crazy. And just like the fact that like, you know, because football is just so X's and O's. Like it'd be so fascinating to see how team, how they would adjust every single time after playing each other.
0: Yeah. How
3: much would you pay to
0: watch a five game series? Cat Grizz.
3: I mean, I think people would pay up, especially like, because if we're, if we're down to that, Right. That means that like other states aren't opening up. So that means there's not a lot of sports going on. There'd be like no other college football going on. People would pay, you know, up the you know what for to watch that.
0: Yeah, it wouldn't just be Montana residents who are like really into Bobcat Grizz stuff. There'd be people from all over the country being like, Well, one state figured out how to do it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> We haven't seen a football game forever.
1: <laughs> oh, man. And imagine oh. the
0: exposure for, like, a Samia Kem and Samara Dory.
1: Oh, man. As fun, as much fun as that is, we just have to hope in the next month and a half to have some major breakthrough. Everything's normal in the fall. It's going to be normal. I just fine. Positive. Positive. If well, we can just,
3: the, I mean, if we can get the testing, enough testing, it might be possible, but I just don't, I don't know. I, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to say I'm an expert in that area, but I mean, that's what it would have to take.
0: Yeah, at this point it would seem a little like wasteful to burn 500 tests a week on. You
3: think? <laughs> <laughs> but... Well, that's, I mean, that's why like, you know, major league baseball, like they have enough tests to be, to start the season now, like because they bought a bunch of them, but. PR wise, like they can't, they're waiting to where it wouldn't affect the general public where like they can't be testing all their players every single day while the public doesn't have tests and they do. And it just would be a night PR nightmare. It's like when the Utah Jazz
0: used like 60% of Utah's tests, like after Rudy Gobert
3: tested positive. That was a bad look. (laughs) Even though they, even though they, they bought them ahead of time. Because they, they just were more prepared than every they were more prepared than the, the state government. It, right. it, it it looks bad. Yeah. So the like
0: imagine imagine somehow there is football. Where you know, I'm just trying to think budgetary like in does it make budget sense to have a season? Like if you're only filling one-fourth of the stadium like you're gonna lose so much money just playing football football is supposed to you know it pays for a lot of the other sporting activities so if you can't do football can you even afford to do the other sports
3: well then no but i mean that's why we've seen a lot of other colleges have already cut some of their like women's soccer and things like that like and I'm going to talk to, to – I'm, I'm going to do a story with Kent and, uh, you know, Ryan Martin with the finances about all this. Like, if there's no football, what does it look like? And it's going to be ugly. It's going to be real ugly. Not only for the university, but just think about all the local businesses that count on all of that money every home game for, for Gris football. Like, every, like, it's going to affect the whole town.
1: Yeah, I looked at – somebody was asking me about that today, and so I, I Googled and found that report that the University the Athletics had the BBDR do, mm-hmm. like, in 2016, and then it was $2.53 million spent a home game weekend in Missoula County. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, that is – you know, it's like that's bigger – we talk about the marathon being this big event, and, like, that's a bigger spend than the marathon event is – and it's six times a year, so it's like that's people are going to feel it. Do you think that?
0: All right. So imagine there's no there's no sports this calendar year, and it's only going to it's only going to cost the university and the athletics department money to hold them. Do you guys think athletics still has an obligation to offer scholarships? Yes. Probably. What does the scholarship pay for?
1: It's not the kids' fault the pandemic happened. I think it's about time schools started being decent people when it came to the scholarships. They promised them.
0: <laughs> aren't they Aren't they year to year promises?
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, they are. Yeah.
0: Could you imagine? Um, all right, so let's say a university decided to say. Like, we just don't have the money. And it's not just in athletics, right? Because most universities chip in part of their general fund budget to athletics. The University of Montana doesn't get a whole lot of money from the general fund. In fact, there's the lowest uh, general fund supported school in the big sky. Um, but as the univer- universities across the board lose money, it all is a domino effect that shakes out to athletics. So athletics says, "Listen, we can't afford to offer you guys
3: scholarships this year." How do you think? Do you think it won't happen because you can't lose all those players for the next? Because
1: yeah. if you don't offer a scholarship, you got to let them go. Like, oh,
3: yeah. huh.
0: I'm thinking like it would be it would be such an interesting proposition to for a school to like cut the scholarship, because I think it would say a lot about the relationship between the student and the athlete, like the performance and the scholarship, because we're not getting the performance. We're not getting any end of the of the on-field play. So to cut the scholarship, do you think that would be a tacit admit, admission that
3: you're here for the performance? I don't think, well, I don't think they'd cut scholarship. I think they cut certain other programs entirely. Yeah. I think like
1: that
3: cross
2: country think, softball,
3: uh, you know, soccer or something like one of like certain programs would just be entirely cut, not, not
1: scholarships. So I want to take a moment to point out that, uh, you know, Britt and Mike who are in the uh, private sector business world that usually gets the bad rap of being heartless are are the ones here <laughs> suggesting we keep scholarships. And you know, Luke the Luke the do the do-gooder with the good good heart who's educating our youth is like, we're gonna cut their scholarships and take it away. So I'm just I'm just gonna say who's heartless and who's not here. You're you're misrepresenting
0: the hypothetical and you know
1: <laughs> no, I think it's interesting and I, I actually kind of wonder because and and maybe this is where I put my conspiracy hat on a little bit. I think that there is going to be a lot of unfortunate things that happen because of all of this in in, in our world, like business, athletics, education, whatever. I also think that there's going to be a lot of people or industries or businesses that use this as cover to do things they were doing anyway. Um and, and we could go off on that, but yeah, I really yeah. wonder if we won't see some push from some schools uh, to get the NCAA to lower um, sponsored sports requirements at some of the levels. Because, you know, FCS, you have to sponsor X number of sports, and then to meet Title Nine you know, the schools have to do a few more like Montana, you know, that's why we have soccer and softball and MSU does it. Um, So I think it's gonna be interesting to watch that. But I also, if I was a school in a place like I was the Portland state athletic department, or I was the Sacramento state athletic department. And I was in a place where it's like, schools are going to lose a ton of money next year. And I already don't make money. I'd be thinking, why do we have sports? So it's like, I kind of wonder if it isn't, if we won't see in the next year or two, a great purge of some of these programs or maybe they shouldn't have had them to begin with.
0: Would that fall under like institutions using this as cover to do the things that they are, have always wanted to do?
1: Yes. In some cases, but in some cases it might be as simple as like, hey, look, the university system in California got hammered and is hemorrhaging money because of this we can't justify spending millions of extra dollars on athletics departments you know i'm not saying it's going to happen but it's like why why should california fund so many athletic departments and you can make the same argument even you know for some of the smaller montana schools sure
3: would anyone miss sack state and Portland state if they weren't in the big sky
1: no, no, not at
0: all. <laughs> it would be interesting to have to to have that debate on, you know, like scholarship, sports, um, oftentimes adds diversity to a school. It's super, you know, important to give to have broad access. You know, like it would be it would be interesting to know where certain schools uh, what price tag they would put on, on something like that. Um, and I, and I also just wonder too, like the, the paradigm of student versus athlete is always in my mind. And, you know, I'm a firm believer that athletics, uh, amplifies for the positive, the academic side of things. I think it brings a lot of texture to a university. Um, but, I, I'm just like really fearful for the the notion that a school would cut scholarships and ask students to take a gap year. Like, it won't count against your eligibility if you sit out a year. You don't even go to school next year. We'll bring you back, the, you know, the following year on scholarship, um, you know, as a as a way to save money. It would really then signal, I think, that we're interested in the entertainment, not necessarily... That the student part of this arrangement,
2: yeah.
0: So I'm I'm kind of watching for schools that may do that.
1: And like many things, it's going to be fascinating to watch. Um, feel like we've 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 thoroughly depressed ourselves with these topics, and we need uh-huh. to transfer back to something uh, kind wait, of exciting. <laughs> um, oh, wait, wait,
0: real quick though. Oh. UM and you know several other schools, they do have an esports league that I imagine will have some sort of a schedule.
2: I think so.
3: Sean, would you ever cover Montana, Montana State? Just won the the League of Champions last weekend in their uh, in the esports thing. So
1: okay, that it sounds that sounds made up. It's like their D three title. Yeah.
0: <laughs> They're gonna hang it next to all their rodeo banners. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs>
2: what what does it take to win the League of Champions? Is it is it like one platform or is it like a like a multi- I, don't, I don't know. I didn't watch it. It's on Twitch,
3: and I don't. I don't. I've never been on Twitch. I don't really know. I mean, I know what it is, but I don't know. I've never been on it. Um, so I didn't. I didn't watch. I just uh, you know I got the email that Montana State won the League of Champions. Whatever that means. <laughs> I don't know. I think they play a variety of different games in kind of like a tournament format.
1: Interesting. Um, what uh, what do you think about the uh, the basketball team? I mean, if we don't get football, I feel like maybe we can hold out hope for basketball. And it seems like Dakir just retooled his team in the offseason and made some changes that are going to impact some of the freshmen who were playing this year. They're going to be good.
3: I think they're going to be really good. I think, I think Michael Stedman is going to be the best big man in the, in the conference. And uh, Gaskin, the other kid that sat out from Utah is a really explosive guard and he's going to be pretty good too. DeCure said that he expects both those guys to be all, all conference guys next year you throw in you know timmy falls mac anderson is kind of the other kind of guys who've been around a few years and then you know they bring in cam satterwhite as a as a grad transfer that i mean he's he's athletic and he can shoot the three and uh so that'll be a really good fit get him a little bit more mature at the, at the guard position because they're pretty young there um, outside of him and timmy um And then all those freshmen are just going to be a year older and will be better. And I mean, let's face it, like DeCure has proven that he will make the most of his teams. And so I didn't think that they were going to be as good as they were this last year. And so I think they're going to be pretty damn good. And I, and especially when the league has, the league was down last year um, from, from what we've seen, like talent wise, and uh, a lot of those guys left. So I think the league can be pretty wide open. So, I mean, I would, if I'm voting tomorrow for preseason champion, I'm, I'm putting Montana at the top.
0: Mm-hmm. I actually think that now is a really good time to inquire about season tickets for the basketball team next year. Because if we don't have a football season, and we, I mean, we, I think, know that this is going to be a really fun Grizz team to watch. Like tickets could go fast. Travis has always been like, we need to return the zoo. You know, like UM used to be a basketball school. This could be Travis's opportunity to change Montana back into a basketball school. If uh, he has a full year without football.
3: And they're not, they're not banking on it. Um, he said on the conference call that he thinks that attendance is going to be down this year, just because there's going to be some people that are going to be hesitant to, to go into, into crowds So I thought one of the fascinating things that he said was he was talking about like I think they're trying to schedule a couple more money games just to kind of counteract uh, any possible loss of attendance this year. And so we're going to see him play a few more road teams. I mean, but they've already done that. I mean, they've been playing. Like last year their schedule was insane, you know. So I think they're going to have a few more money games even, even this year to try and recoup some of that loss of attendance. But who knows if we get to a point where people feel like you know, pretty safe, then they might have more if there's no college football, but they are planning on not having as much attendance this year as they have. Makes sense.
0: It would be interesting if they could change the schedule, like on the fly, due the exigent circumstances and play like double headers or something. Um, you know, it would suck because you would miss like your home's chance against a particular opponent, but then you would get Two chances at home against another opponent but it would cut down on travel costs like lodging air flight and whatnot you go play a friday saturday at northern colorado or something and then you get Sac state here friday saturday the next week
3: yeah it'll be interesting i mean this is going to be the year of the new big sky schedule where they start it earlier oh right so we'll see I don't know. It's just, it's so hard to think about like that far, you know, everything has been so like day by day, week by week during this time. It's so hard to think about basketball season, you know? Yeah. God, hopefully we have basketball season. Otherwise, shoot me. It's going to be depressing. What
1: If we don't like, if we don't have basketball season, that would mean we didn't really have football season. Yeah. And it's, what is, what is the psyche of the American male going to be like at that point? like it's going to be a dangerous world to live in (laughs) i think i think we're going to have pro
3: sports i I think i think pro sports is going to happen college is just a whole different ballgame.
1: yeah i think you're right based on the tv and it's like you've already seen it in some places like florida you know three weeks ago designated wrestling Athletes who are part of national TV productions as essential workers so they can do wrestling. I mean, that's so arbitrary. Uh, <laughs> there's always an opportunity to gain a market somewhere. Um, speaking of the NFL, I mean, they, they released their schedules tonight and um they kind of did it interesting. Like the first four games are, I believe, non non division games. So if they had to, they could mess with them. Is that right? Did no. any of you watch this? No, not all of them. The Chargers. Oh, no,
3: not all. Week two. Oh, never mind.
1: Well, I think it was floated out there, and I don't think it actually it did came. happen. Yeah. Well, so they must feel optimistic that this is all going to happen too. It well,
3: seem to be. Well, yeah, I think Roger Goodell is just like. We're the and NFL.
1: We'll do whatever we want. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it seems to be working for him. Um, It's going to be interesting to watch watch that all unfold. But I think that what's kind of a bummer in all this, and and we kind of talked about this last week on on the pod, but I think not being able to do workouts and local pro days and stuff like that hurt guys like Dante from – from getting drafted but now they don't have off-season workout programs for the most part like they so it's like it's going to hurt these guys chances to make the teams because they're unknowns and i that's kind of one thing that like i i fear for some of these guys dante included is it's like are they just going to be this unlucky victim of circumstance
2: you know on, on the flip side of things though like we saw this with the draft and we talked about this before it was like just NFL teams just did not have good scouting data on players outside of the FBS ranks. So they were picking up guys in the FBS that they would normally not draft. And you could say that a guy like Dante will get into camp once things get rolling and show that he's head and shoulders above a lot of these kind of crappy six, seventh round draft picks these guys have made. So it could work out for him, but it definitely could also completely go against them, especially with less time to ramp up and be ready. It seems like the guys that probably might hurt more are the ones that tend to get those like camp invite kind of things. And I don't know if this last senior class really had much opportunities with that, but um, kind of the outside shot guys that could maybe work their way into a practice squad roster or something that obviously isn't happening for anybody. From Montana, I guess. Yeah, I mean, the thing about the, the pro day
3: that really hurt Dante was he would have been able to run it, again the 40 at Montana, where he's a lot more comfortable. And I mean, like, he was, he was, ner- I mean, he was like puking before running the 40 at the combine and like super nervous and things like that. And he would have been able to be at home and he would have run a better time people just see 4.88 and they freak out. And that's why he did get drafted, which is really unfortunate because if you just watch the tape, he plays way faster than that. And that's, I mean, that's what hurt him. And that's the pro day. He would have been able to to just do whatever events he wanted. Like he didn't have to jump again. He didn't have to do the shuttles again. Like he would have just been able to run his 40, do a couple, you know, drop back in coverage, you know, uh you know drills and stuff for scouts and call it a day and that's that's what really hurt him
0: yeah yeah that's a shame um but i do think the eagles just got a steal and a half though right like I
2: don't think
0: so i mean it's lucky dante didn't land on the packers or something
2: okay
3: come on come on <laughs> <laughs> no it, it's bad that he didn't because the packers run defense is so horrible that he would have right. came in. The the he, like I mean, I could. I yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> hey, don't know
3: why you bring me up. I didn't say it, Bryn. They they made Raheem Mostert look like Barry Sanders. Didn't you guys all watch? I didn't.
2: <laughs> I blacked out that night. Nice. I don't, I don't oh man,
1: um, <laughs> what'd you guys think of the Last Dance episodes this weekend?
2: I liked him. I I just, it's it's fascinating. Um, I don't know. Like especially the stuff on the 92 dream team and, and, and just those kind of things. I don't know. I'm loving it. I, so far I don't see why Michael Jordan was so nervous about people thinking he was like, I mean, I don't know. I, I, he's just a hyper competitive guy and so far, I don't know it's made him seem more human to me as someone who kind of grew up as this guy being the, the peak sports idol. I don't know. I, I I've not thought of him. Maybe maybe it's gonna get darker as we keep going. But I mean, he's an asshole in some spots, and he's just super like the most ultimate competitive person that you've ever seen. And they've got it now, obviously, in this documentary. But I'm loving it. It's great. It, it's it's so it's so fun to watch. See,
3: and when I heard that that he would he was kind of nervous about how it would you know he would be portrayed, I was like, man, they must have a lot of behind-the-scenes footage, and it's almost like they're not using some of it to yeah. make them look better, you know? Because that's the one thing I, – I I'm loving the series, but that's the one thing that I'm disappointed with is there's not as much – like, they're like, oh, man, the camera crew followed them throughout the whole season. Like, we don't actually see that much of that. We're not actually seeing, like – I mean, they'll show them, like, you know, in the locker room, like – kind of BS in with a couple of the guys for a few seconds, like, you know, the, the security staff or whatever, or like they're drinking a Miller Lite for a second. But <laughs> those whole scenes, But those scenes are only like, you know, 60 seconds long. Mm-hmm. Like there's actually not as much behind the scenes footage as I thought that there would be. And I guess like somebody that's like put together some documentary, like obviously not at this magnitude, but I was hoping to see a lot of that because – when you talk to a lot of like big time Michael Jordan people that know a lot about him, they're like, I'm not really learning that much from any of this. Like a lot of this is all stuff that I already know. And so to me, like, I kind of wanted to see more of the behind the scenes stuff,
0: but well, I meant he still had like authority to cut scenes. Right. Like, I mean, he says, Oh no, I'm going to, you know, I'm not going to look so good, but this is a, Owner of an NBA team, billionaire. He knows like how to say the right thing in public. You know, he's been in front of the media his entire life. I think I think it's all uh, like a sham. Uh, There's probably really damning scenes and footage that they could put in there, but I bet he acts ninety percent of it.
2: Yeah, it's interesting because it seems like, especially what was it, kind of the end of episode. Five, where a little bit of him, you know, not weighing in on the North Carolina Senate race, and then yeah, he treated Tony Kukuk in the um, in the Olympics, and and then and and so just kind of like some little light things, but they really didn't. They didn't. There's, it's just like, or here's here he is making fun of Jerry Krause again, which he does like all the time. But it's like, it's just yeah, there's not like a real deep dive into a lot of that stuff. Yeah, and I don't know if there will.
0: They also won't mention his shitty games. And I'm a Bulls fan (laughs) and a huge Jordan fan. But when they went down 0-2 to the Knicks, game three fucking sucked. He was like three for 18 from the field. And it's a huge conspiracy among NBA fans that he got like 16 free throws that game. It was like David Stern put in the call and was like, the Bulls cannot go down 0-3. Like, this (laughs) would be horrible. Jordan played a miserable game, and the Bulls still ended up winning it. Right? Like they won't mention any of that stuff. Um, I don't know. I, I think it makes him more uh, human to know that he may have
3: bricked a shot once in, once in a while. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought the the Senate race stuff was pretty fascinating, though. And about <laughs> and about his image and how you know the joke. I mean, the most controversial thing was like, you know, the Republicans buy shoes as well. And, you know, they kind of made it out where, you know, he says that that was like a joke, like in jest, with guys like on the bus or something like that. But to me, I thought it pretty interesting. The one thing that I kind of contradicted Michael on was he said that he just wanted to be a basketball player. He didn't want to focus on anything else. Like he just wanted to hoop and work on his craft. But at the same time, He, like, was so worried about covering up the Reebok logo (laughs) on Team USA. Like, he was so worried about his image, as he should have been. But for him to be like, I just want to hoop. I'm not worrying about anything else. But I'm going to cover up this Reebok logo. Like, to me, like, that was like, okay, man. Like, you're, you're, uh, you're contradicting here. And you could tell by not diving into that Senate thing, he wanted to be liked by everybody so he can have his brand. And, to, and which is nothing wrong with that, but it kind of contradicted his whole thing. Like, I just want to hoop. I don't want to focus on anything else. Cause he was super focused on his brand.
0: Yeah. Do you guys remember when he showed up in the Michael Jackson music video jam?
2: <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you think we're
3: going to see any of that? I don't know. I heard, I heard this next episode is um, like the most powerful because it goes into his dad dying.
1: Oh, okay. I was That's about what we'd be at in the series, the way they're doing it. So that makes sense.
3: But the one thing to me also that I took away is like, could you have imagined if he signed with Adidas? Like what, would the, <laughs> what, would, what the, would the world? Yeah. What would the landscape of sports memorabilia and even him in general, like what would it look? It would be so much like Adidas would be the number one sports thing today.
1: And what Absolutely. would Nike be? Would Nike be just some running niche they, like they were when they signed him?
0: You
3: know,
1: they they Nike would be like Converse or something, maybe. Or New
3: Balance or something like yeah. that. It'd be it's crazy to think about that. Did you guys
0: get
1: emotional seeing Kobe Bryant? No, but I mean, it's it's I I don't necessarily get emotional on things like that, but it, it's kind of a reminder of like, oh yeah, that happened this year. Holy crap. <laughs>
2: yeah
3: yeah it was weird it was weird listening to him talk you know because he's like he's talking as if like it's in the present day and he's not gone you know Mm -hmm. it's like that part of it was kind of weird the like going back thing on him like I didn't get like too emotional I did find it pretty interesting that like they were all talking about Kobe and like not nervous about Kobe but they were so focused on him at that all-star game when he was just in his second year you know so like they all of those dudes knew how special he was early on
1: like that was pretty interesting to hear That was yeah it was kind of interesting to hear Jordan kind of talk like clearly he was playing both sides of that room because like to the kind of the older guys it was kind of like this guy's gonna shoot it you know and they're all kind of but at the same time he's like kind of telling them it's like hey I got you kind of quietly and keep in touch. Cause it's like, he recognizes like, that was him, you know, he went through that with his teammates and with the people in the league. And that was kind of fascinating to me and kind of one thing that's been kind of fun to me, but I'm, I'm very casual NBA fan, but it's just, it's been kind of fun to watch the insight into the overlaps of Jordan's career with the guys who came before him. And then some of the guys who came as Jordan was, You know, I mean, he could have played a lot more years, but I mean, as, as I guess he was wrapping up is maybe the right word, Mm -hmm. the first or the second time. Um, Luke, I do have a question for you. Since you're a lifelong Bulls fan, who, uh, who's better, Michael Jordan or LeBron James?
0: Impossible to say, Mike. You can't compare eras.
1: Bullshit! You have a take on this. I've been—it's been reported to me by people. You are either a troll or you have a take. So spit it out.
0: You know I'm a troll, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> no, I—I I mean I don't know. I think it's so hard to compare eras. I mean, I—I I could bore you to death with why it's not fair to compare eras, like. I don't know. Where do you want to start? I mean, but I think they're both phenomenal players. I think no one has been like LeBron James. No one was like Michael Jordan. Um, I mean, maybe Dr. J a little bit, but, um, you know, all of the things that we give, all of the plaudits that we can lump on Kobe or LeBron, they all like generated, they all go through Michael. You heard Kobe say it is like I am Michael or you know I tried to be like Mike. Um I think in some respects Jordan or LeBron James tried to be like Mike. He tried to be like Magic Johnson too. Um so it's really it's so tough and then you want to get into the details and say like there's no hand checking then or you know now there's zone defense. Uh Jordan played in a watered down NBA with two like expansion teams. Um, you know you heard Jordan say when I came into the league people were drinking beers at halftime like is it that you know he played against smokers and drinkers and like unathletic white guys and LeBron James is playing against like six foot seven like defensive monsters who can switch any you know any screen like I think it's just so impossible to compare eras if Jordan knew about the efficiencies of the three-point line, he would have shot 100,000 threes every summer and became the best three-point shooter we've ever seen up until probably Steph Curry. Um, so I think it's just impossible to compare. I think what we do know is no one was as competitive as Jordan. Like that guy was wanted to win everything. So I don't know.
2: Yeah.
3: I'm kind of in that – in that same boat. I mean, Jordan is the – he's the OG GOAT. Like, he was just kind of, like, the original. He kind of broke the mold and was like that Air Jordan and kind of just, like, set the tone for, like, that dynamic guard who had the ball that was a scorer. And everybody – like, he, he just came around at a time and he just, like, transcended this whole sport that he will always be the GOAT even though I personally think that Michael that uh, LeBron James is the more talented, well-rounded basketball player. I will still say that Michael Jordan is the go just because of how he kind of transcended the sport and what he did for the NBA.
0: Yeah. He, he changed the game and it's, you see it in the documentary uh, when he's drafted, people are like, Oh, you know, too bad. He wasn't seven foot tall. Like then, you know, he could change a game or he could lead a team by himself. Well, like, Michael Jordan changed the way we play basketball. Um, in fact, he made LeBron James' life harder with the Dream Team. Like, I think the Dream Team opened up the international market and made bascular basketball popular. So, the whole universe of players that LeBron James competes against is a lot bigger than Michael Jordan ever did.
1: So, the Dream Team, I learned – something new in that whole thing. And that was the whole how Kippen and Jordan destroyed Tony Kukoc, or however you say his name, because the Bulls had just drafted him and were bringing him on. And it was like, they were just like sending a message. And Jordan's like, nope, Scotty and I have them. The rest of you, leave them alone. And it's like, talk about hazing.
0: <laughs> yeah, I love um,
1: that. My other kind of takeaway, and I've said this before, but – I think that Jordan – if Jordan plays in an era with social media, Jordan's not as beloved as he is. I think that he's very similar to to LeBron in that sense, where it's like, you know, because people love to have the, the, the counter take on Twitter. So it's like, oh, no, he's not that good, you know. But the other thing that's just fascinating is how many years did the Bulls fall short, you know? Losing the first round of the playoffs, losing the first round of the playoffs, losing the Eastern Conference Finals, losing the Eastern Conference Finals. And it's like LeBron struggled to get to a championship. He willed his team, the freaking terrible Cavaliers the first time around, you know, and it's like people destroyed him for it. Like, oh, he's not any good. Like, oh, he can't do it. It's like Jordan – I mean, obviously there was scrutiny, but it's like when the media is – Print once a day, and the newscasts at night, and Sports Center—it's not the same thing.
2: Well, there's the there's the what ifs too, because people are like, um, you know, those physical Pistons teams are roughing up a 200-pound Michael Jordan, but could they do that to a 265, 270-pound LeBron the same way? And I know people kind of argue LeBron, you know, in the modern NBA flops a little bit more and stuff like that, but still, it's like. You're not gonna be able to play that much of a physical game against a guy that's, ha- that's kinda, that that's kind of that kind of specimen. But now on the flip side, like we were talking about the Senate race too. Could you imagine in like this type of era if Michael Jordan were playing and were asked to weigh in on an issue? Because like it seems like athletes are expected to be to a lot of them are expected to have be much more socially aware on all sorts of topics. And so it's suddenly like, hey Michael, what do you think about, you know, you name it. And his response is just, well, you know, that other side has to buy shoes too. I mean, oh my God, like that'd be, that'd be it. That'd be cancel Michael, that'd it'd be all over. So it's, it's tough to pick up the two and compare them. Uh, the, closest, the
0: closest and- comparison I've seen to this, Brent, is with uh, Michael, Mike's favorite performer, Taylor Swift, because she was very and- apolitical up until her 2020 documentary, Miss America.
2: Yeah, have a watch.
1: Excellent pulling in of quality stuff, Luke. I support <laughs> it. I support it completely.
2: Uh, and,
1: um, anyway, I, I've enjoyed the series. I, I think it's going to be fun to watch the last last uh, four episodes. We're, we're, six, we're six through right now. Um, but it it just is interesting. And I guess kind of I'd end on, like, you brought up the Pistons, and it's like, part of me wonders if the Pistons even win the NBA championship in this era. And I would make an argument that they don't because their team relied so much on the third, fourth, and fifth guys not necessarily being, like, the best basketball athletes, but kind of being enforcers, almost like guys on the hockey line. And those guys would have been out-athletic in this era's NBA, in my opinion. But maybe I'm wrong. Like, you guys follow the league more than I do. Yeah, well, the game is so different. I did find
3: interesting, like, the Jordan rules and how those were effective. <laughs> it is interesting because, like, if you did that to LeBron, he would just dissect you because he would find the open guy because he he was just so much better, I think, than Jordan at, like, reading defenses and, and moving the ball and getting teammates involved. I thought it was pretty funny. Like, they had that – I forget in which game it was, but, like, the coach, like, went up to Michael and was like, look, like – It was like Paxson is wide open every single play. Like, you got to start passing him the ball, you know? And he finally does. And then, they like, the Bulls went on a run and, like, won that game.
1: Yeah, game five of the finals or whatever, and it's like he put away the championship for him.
3: Yeah, but, like, you know, LeBron, like, almost gets criticized for, like, not being a killer enough because he always makes, like, the right play and will will pass the ball to, like, the open guy. Like, you would have never been able – you can't – defenses can't, you know, Jordan rule LeBron – because, one, he's so big, like, if you double-team him, he's just going to throw it over the top of you. Like, he will always, he'll always just, like, make the right basketball play. So I did find that kind of interesting. Like, there's no, there's no LeBron rule and for a reason. But he's just, like, a different type of player that way.
0: Yeah, yeah. And that's a great point, Sean.
1: Yeah. Fascinating. Um, before we get to what I'm sure are glorious listener questions that I haven't previewed but Brent has – is there anything else you guys want to you want to hit on current event wise? Um, we haven't yet again talked really anything about Grizz football, but nothing new has really happened in Grizz football, so I don't really know. There's much to add to it.
2: When's the uh, Earl Thomas documentary going to come out? Oh boy! Oh man!
1: Uh, poor dog <laughs> next week.
2: <laughs> How do you? I just don't understand. I
3: mean, obviously that what happened was crazy, but at, at At what point, like his entire life, starting from like probably in high school up until when he was in Texas, like you have to be put on a pedestal your entire life. And everyone thinks that you're more, you know, a bigger person than you are for you to mentally like cheat on your wife and have an orgy with your brother. And then you go online and ask other people to pray for you during a pandemic, because you're the victim. Like, psychologically, how crazy do you have to be to think that you're a victim and that other people need to pray for you? Like, that is just the craziest thing about all
1: of it to me. I wish somebody could see Luke's reactions right now. We're on Zoom and he. Uh, <laughs> so funny. It's so funny. The whole thing. I mean, because it's like, it's crazy and it's like, obviously, like, Getting a gun held on you and all that—I mean, that's all serious stuff. And it's like—I mean, like—I mean, like on a level, we should pray for everybody involved. But to the self-awareness to go on, oh
3: man! And to say that this this stuff happens, bro—it's like, does
1: it? <laughs>
3: not in my life. Uh. <laughs> and, and you know that, like, that's not the first time that that happened because
1: it's just the first time it got caught. Yeah. But the thing that always amazes me, and again, this is probably just a whole nother rabbit hole of like, people being callous or being idiots, but it's like, he must know that his wife has a Snapchat login, like,
2: dude,
0: <laughs>
3: what are you doing? Like, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, but though, I mean, those guys live, you know, obviously such crazier lives than 99% of people. So like, I'm not... Like all of those people in their personal lives, I agree with him that the fact that like he wants it to be private and doesn't believe that it should get out there. All that stuff is crazy. But the thing to just to go on and and play the victim card and that we need to all be feeling sorry for him. Like how full of yourself do you have to be to say that? It's just mind blowing to me.
2: (laughs) Oh man, entertaining stuff. At least we got something to keep us going.
1: Oh man. Yeah. That's crazy. And didn't the Ravens release him? I didn't see that yet. Okay. Uh, maybe I'm maybe but, I'm but, just but Obviously they're they're like the strictest yeah.
3: pro, you know, organization with domestic violence because of Ray Rice. So it's gonna be very interesting to see how that plays out.
1: Whew. Yikes. Brent, on that note, um what do... uh what do the wonderful people of Egris have for us today?
2: All right. Well, we'll start with a little softball here. Uh, Everett Grizz, Sean, is, he's curious, uh, what is your favorite sport to cover and why?
3: Mm. I'm going to go basketball. basketball. Because as much as I love f- football, sometimes you're freezing outside. Mm. And the shooting, you know, a camera conditions – aren't the best basketball it's it's controlled it's inside um the game kind of is just a a lot faster you get easier highlights when you're shooting you can especially for high school when you if I have to go to like if I have to cover three games in one night you can just pop in and out of a gym just like that get your highlights and get out of there for high school football you you can't a lot of times like you got to stay there for a while because you don't get highlights um, so I'm going to go, I'm going to go basketball. Basketball season is a lot of fun. Plus being in Missoula when it comes to like high school sports, like obviously like there's a lot, there's just more teams. So like there's a lot better teams in Missoula when it comes to basketball. So it just makes it more exciting. So I'm going to go, I'm going to go basketball season my favorite.
2: All right. Uh, so Everett's other question, and I'm guessing it's for everybody. Uh, you can, so you can only have three brands of beer for the remainder of your life. What are they and so he's saying is like and his example is like miners gold from lewis and clark so i think he's drilling it down to not just like the uh you know the 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 company but the uh the actual beer of choice from said company
1: hmm
2: well cold smoke would be one of my three Hmm. um hmm I'm loving that honey half from Kettle House. That is such good stuff.
1: That's a good one. Yeah. yeah.
2: I don't know. You'd have to throw in like some generic thing,
1: right? I was going to say cold smoke, the <laughs> honey half, <laughs> and Miller Lite. <laughs> if I'm going to a wedding reception, I need to be able to drink something. <laughs> I mean, that's what that's what Jordan drinks
3: after winning a game. So. Hey, hey there Miller you Light. Go. <laughs> Jordan, it's good enough for news.
1: My father-in-law's owned a beer a bar for almost thirty years, and Miller Lite is his beer of choice. So, I don't
2: know. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, look You got any?
0: Oh man, I'm a big Kettle House uh, fan. I love their Shady IPA right now. Um, I'm a huge Cold Smoke fan. Um, even if you want to go lighter with their Bong Water, that's that's really good too.
1: So, is that the Shady Brady? Or is that a different brewery? That's. I think that's a different brewery. Okay. Okay. But
0: uh, Drought Works is amazing too. I don't know. You can. They have a deep set of IPAs. I really like IPAs. I know people get made fun of for liking IPAs now. Um,
1: but. No, you fit the profile. If somebody likes IPAs. You're fine.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Sean, anything you throw in there?
3: I'm not. A huge beer guy only because like I've discovered as I got older they give me massive headaches. And so I've been uh, uh, Wine and seltzer and you know like other stuff, but I always have a soft spot, uh soft spot in my heart for uh is gonna I, I I'm gonna admit I Like fruity beer so yeah, Any kind of fruit flavored and like and I'm a light beer guy. I can't do dark I'm not a dark guy, but uh, pyramid Apricot ale is always going to have a, a soft spot in my heart. Cause when I started as a server, when I was in, uh, when I was in college, my buddy owned a restaurant and I worked there and he would always give us, you know, we'd always have pyramid after work. And this was like, you know, before I was 21 and stuff. And so that was, that always, that one. And, uh, I'm a, I love blue moon. gotta put up, put blue moon up there, but locally I do like the Hefawise and stuff. So
1: probably do those. I would, I would just also put out there that if anybody has a problem with me drinking White Claws occasionally, I don't really care. <laughs> because what I drink isn't about you. Yeah, Natty Light Seltzer. Let's go. <laughs>
0: Mike, Mike loves fruity drinks too. <laughs> I have a fond memory of him. We're sitting outside on the patio at the Iron Horse, and he's drinking strawberry sexes, but he can't order them because he feels too emasculated, so he's having a uh, your cousin yeah order the
1: strawberry
0: sexes for them <laughs> sarah would like another
1: strawberry sex i remember that night because we were there with like your cousin and your mom and your aunt and i kept being like sarah wants another strawberry sex <laughs>
3: yeah. i see I'm, I'm not even worried about that anymore i'm like give me the lemon drop give me the pina colada let's go <laughs> okay. uh.
2: Okay, all right, Sean. Here's our question from CDA Grizz. So you have two choices. So uh, you have to uh, – and he calls you Sean the Braun Rainey. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I've never heard that one. I have a lot of
3: nicknames, but okay.
2: <laughs> okay, so you have two choices here. Uh, option one, uh, the Grizz football team misses the playoffs and lose to the Cats for the next four years. Or option two, <laughs> <laughs> the Grizz go undefeated – uh, in winning the next four national title games but every time you interview bobby hauck in the next four years you have to ask him one of the following three questions even if it is completely out of context question one so what was the deal with the kind thing in 2009 <laughs> question two what is the status of insert injured player's name he's already declined to comment about so ask me about an injury Option three, do you feel like you're finally closing the gap with Jeff Choate in terms of coaching ability? (laughs) So CDA goes on to say, you can't get out of it by declining to interview Bobby. Press conferences count. So even if you ask him about relevant things in a press conference, you have to slip one of those in. Uh, Nobody, not even Bobby, can know what you're doing uh, because to ensure the Grizz to win the next four national titles. Your employer is fine with it. But you have to live with the fallout. Otherwise, keep in mind the only other alternative is option number one.
3: I mean, I think that we <laughs> we have a good enough rapport where I can. <laughs> man, that would probably last
2: like two weeks, though. Sean, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, in the background, we, we in our in the previous season, we were asked about having to wear rollerblades. <laughs> Uh, for like two years all the time. And if anyone asks, our only answer could be, I love Bladen. <laughs> what was some of the other ones? I think because of the, the injury
3: question, I could I could hide behind that one a lot.
1: Uh-huh. I was going to say, I feel like number two is the obvious answer.
3: Yeah, I'm never asking number three. There's no way. <laughs> <one.
2: laughs>
3: number two, I could be like, I could talk about like some kid that's like red that's not even playing that got hurt, you know? Like, <laughs> what's like, the status of the 10th strength center you know
1: Bobby I, I heard that Chris Brown got hurt this week what's his status it's like hey, <laughs> dude's red shirting Sean what the hell do you care
3: <laughs> yeah there's like guys that get hurt all the time like David Copang just hurt his foot hey I heard David Copang hurt his foot what's the status in there you know <laughs> oh, well.
1: man, totally that's a bad one I, Plus, think got the, you.
3: I would go with that just because like it would be fun to travel to a national championship game every year. Four or years in a row. And, and that oh. would bring money to our, to our station and get a lot of viewers. So I got to go.
1: <laughs> yeah, we're right. down. We'll, we'll support that. We'll, we'll travel too. So it'll work out. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. see so. maybe, maybe
3: I would find a way to like ask those questions, like in a separate accent or something. And then that would be my out. Like he would know that I'm joking. Cause I would go from like British to Irish little Spanish in there. I would just ask him in accents and he'd be like, what the f- heck is, is this? And then that I wouldn't have to tell him it's a joke. I would just say it in an accent and he would
1: get it. You know, there we go. I Sean. feel like I feel like there's also a uh, you raise money for charity aspect here. It's like <laughs> let's raise a bunch of money and I will ask X this week at the uh, at the press conference with Bobby. No <laughs> so question would raise money. We pay.
3: He's used to me asking random questions. Like during spring ball one year at the end, I would just be like, what's your favorite kind of, you know, potato chip and stuff. (laughs) So he's gotten used to the random ones, but I would just, yeah. Accents. And I think that gets me out of it.
2: What about like a, like a stick on mustache or something? Like suddenly you just like put on a mustache. See,
3: yes. There are ways, The, the guidelines in that, in that question there's not a lot. So I can
2: I can bend the rules here a little bit. We see the CD. he keeps getting more detail because they used it was like, what was it one word, like Luke had to marry the president of uh, Montana State to ensure a Grizz national title or something? And it was like so he keeps getting more detail. I love it. I do I love hypotheticals though. <laughs> that is fantastic. Uh, let's see. We had some other questions. I think some Grizz basketball questions, actually kind of some topics that we touched on. Uh, someone kind of wondering about if the university would set up like a pay-per-view type thing uh, for for games. We kind of touched on that. Um, and then uh, we had one other question here of if there is a football season, but you need to separate fans in the stands by six feet, will people still bitch and moan that the stands are empty at the beginning of the second half? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, people will always bitch and moan. That's just part Absolutely. of it. Absolutely. They will have to complain. So. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think that's the extent of it. I think – let's see. Let me just look through this last one. Um, yeah, I just like the pay-per-view stuff. And then um, someone was saying if you uh, – Sean, if you would had, if you knew much about this uh, new incoming recruit, uh, Levi Crum, if you thought he was a QB contender or more of a safety. Was that the guy that just got an offer from Oregon as well too?
3: No, that's the Vidlack guy. Oh,
2: okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: yeah, no, that Crum kid, I think they're bringing him for defense.
2: If I'm All right. Not mistaken. All right. um, I can't remember. Was he in the signing day? I don't even recognize. I don't know. He committed on Twitter like today or like earlier today or yesterday. That explains that. Okay. All right. That's the Eager's questions, uh, Mike. You. I think we got a few on Twitter. Do you have that up?
1: Uh, no, but I, I. can give me a sec here. I didn't. I didn't realize there was going to be anything uh, for me to do. Well, I
2: okay.
1: I had handed off responsibility to the questions for you. Okay.
2: Uh, <laughs> Andrew, Schmidt, Andrew Schmidt on Twitter is curious: Sean, why are you a Charger fan after the way the Spanos family has treated San Diego? I I tried. I tried to leave. I wanted to.
3: We actually. It was so funny. Um, ben Wyman and I, who's my other sports guy at the time, we put together. I had this segment idea that my old news director axed, but. It was going to be this segment called Recruiting Rainy, where I would go around to a, a person on like social media, like I'd go to you, Brent, for Packers, and you would explain to me why I should become a Packers fan, <laughs> and we would have 30 different segments where everybody would like pitch me on their team, and then at the end of it, I would pick a team to become a, a fan of. And I thought it was going to be great, and she's like, "I don't see how this is newsworthy." I'm like, "It's not, but it's entertaining." So let's just go. And she's like, "No," and I was like, All right. "And uh, so I, I, tr- I honestly I tried. I wanted to because like the Chargers are just a horrible organization with a shitty owner, and but I think because they didn't change like their logo and Philip Rivers and like everybody that I had been rooting for like stayed. Like I couldn't just like." as much as I wanted to, I couldn't find myself rooting for somebody else. Like I just couldn't do it.
1: Mm. And
3: I don't understand how, like there's other, I know other friends that are like diehard, whatever fans. And then they're like, Oh, I'm going to be a blah blah fan next year. And then they just do it. And I just don't know how they do that. Like it's just not, it just wasn't in me. And so unfortunately none of my teams have ever won a championship. And, uh, I just choose shitty
2: teams to root for, but, uh, It'll make it that much sweeter if they ever do, I guess. All right. Okay. Uh, Gus tell is wondering why you didn't play golf at Oregon. <laughs> That's actually funny.
3: I was like at a junior tournament and they were looking at this friend of mine and uh, Casey Martin was the coach. So he's, I don't know if you know that name, but he was the one that like, yeah, he had the leg issue. So he was oh, trying yeah. to play with the cart in the PGA. So he's mm-hmm. the coach at Oregon and I was just like hitting around and he just like asked about me a little bit. And cause I went to a really small high school and my senior year, I won pretty much every single tournament that we were in. And uh, like I had maybe a chance to walk on at Oregon, but uh, I, I chickened out and went to Montana, so. It worked out well. I, I um, could, It was like 45 grand a year if I didn't
1: make the team. Like I couldn't afford that. Fair. I um, golfed my first round of golf. Uh, last week so we're probably on par now
3: yeah <laughs> i've only been like twice this year it's, it's it's hard when you have little kids it's tough i mean my first round of golf ever ever look at you yes sir did you did you keep every uh did you keep score
1: uh, kind of i only it? lost one ball let's just say that well, there you go that's good yeah. I think it's in the river outside of St. Regis, but that's
2: <laughs> <laughs> I lost two in one hole just on Sunday. so. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, Curtis Wallace is uh, curious, Sean, uh, if there was a rollerblade race through Missoula, uh, <laughs> who would win, uh, Luke, Mike, or myself? Uh, who takes third and uh, should it be televised?
3: Well, yes, it should be televised.
2: Well, <laughs>
3: I'll, I will do the play-by-play on SWX. <laughs> we, we need some sporting events, so let's line this up. I'll try to get some sponsors, and uh, next Wednesday, I think we're open. Let's do it. Um, I don't. How, Mike? And how old are you, all you guys? I'm uh,
1: thirty-five. You had to think about that for a second. I did. I I'm, to be wrong. I'm thirty-five.
2: I'm i I'm a man. I'm forty.
0: <laughs> now you're gonna Luke, grow a mullet, Luke. You're the youngest, right? I'm 35.
3: Yeah, so I'm, 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 just, I'm younger I'm than Luke. Go the, I'm just gonna go with the young gun here, and I'll go with I'll go with Luke. Like, there's
1: no doubt that Luke is winning that. Now <laughs> Brent is probably taking second.
3: No, I think I think Brent and Mike will tie for last because <laughs> they're just gonna like be fighting each other as they go along. It'll be like. Michael be going and then like, Brent will like dive and like take out his legs <laughs> and then he'll get ahead and then it'll just do like bad news bears like Brent will
1: run into like a mailbox and fall and then Michael get back. You know, on, like, back limb. That's possible but Luke and I were in a uh, exercise accountability group with Brent earlier this year and the man spends more time on a spinning bike than I think is humanly healthy. so I mean <laughs> he may blow us away. That's
3: true. I've seen it. I mean, he goes to the source. We both go to the source. I see him out there. He he's doing the ropes with the arms. You know, just ah, like <laughs> they call him Brent
0: Iron Tate Wahlberg there too. <laughs>
2: <laughs> None of this has anything to do with balance on rollerblades, though. So here's
0: the, here's the real answer: is no one wins a rollerblade race. You're <laughs> all losers for
1: trying. <laughs> Oh Lord!
2: <laughs> right. uh, we got one other question here. Um, kind of an interesting one. Would the Gri- I'm I'm going to change it up a little bit. But would the Grizz record be any different if the 2019 season was played with no fans in Washington Grizzly Stadium? Oh. Hmm. And then they also asked, like, would that impact? Like, what would the upcoming season? Would it be a different record without fans? Washington Grizzly is definitely an advantage. I'm gonna like, say that Weber State home game be the same thing.
3: Yeah, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say that they, they still win the home games last year because none really came down to the wire.
2: No.
3: But here's the here's the thing though that I don't think a lot of people realize. I think the Grizz would be better on the way better on the road if there were no fans at home, because I think the reason they're so, they've been, they've struggled on the road in the time that I've been covering the team is because they have such this electric atmosphere at home and it's just so contrastedly different. That's not even a word, but it's just so different on the, on the road that it's like, it's just a let, it's kind of like a letdown. Like the atmosphere is just non-existent. So like it's harder for them to like get up on the road when there's no crowd. It's fine when like there's a huge crowd and they're booing you. When, there's like, when you're at Northern Colorado and there's like 10 people there, like it's just hard to get up for that when you're used to playing in front of 27,000 people. So I think they would even be better overall without a crowd because it would make them be better on the road.
2: Interesting. I buy that. Hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. All right. Um, that's our questions. That's what we got. I don't know, guys. Uh, did we
1: miss anything?
0: Uh, we just need to hear Sean ask a question
3: in any sort of accent. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, <God. laughs>
3: so I'll tell you a funny story. So like a lot of times during, <laughs> during commercial break, um, <laughs> when, uh, we used to, when we do sports and stuff, like, especially Ben and I, when we co-anchor sports, whatever was in the prompter, we would like during the commercial break, we just start reading it like in an accent. (laughs) And, and so we'd read it in like an English accent over and over, like the first like intro. But then like, once you actually have to read it on, on air, after you've already repeated it multiple times, you cannot get through it without start laughing. So like we would be on air and we'd like start saying something and just be losing it. And like, people are like, why were you laughing? Talking about something bland. I was like, it's just—it's hard to explain. It's just—that's just one of those TV things.
1: Yeah. Uh, that's a nice dodge of Luke's question.
3: I—I <laughs> I just, I, yeah, I can't—I can't do
1: accents on the spot. I can
3: do a a, a golem voice though. Okay. Luke, uh, Luke will accept that. <laughs> okay. Does that count as an accent, Luke? Oh yeah, definitely. All right. Hold on. Let me. Uh... <clears throat> Making a character. You stupid fat hobbit! <laughs> you ruined it! You ruined it! So I do that voice, and my wife hates me. Like she literally like runs out the door when I do that.
0: That was really
2: good.
3: Yeah, so I can I do the golem, like
2: the rashes. You stupid fat hobbit! You ate the stew.
0: So I don't know. I mess around with that a little bit, but I'm a big yeah, rings fan, and that was really good.
2: That's how you have to ask about player injuries this next year, though.
3: You know, that Humphrey ankle injury. <laughs> well, that was—I got a little Yoda in
1: there. <laughs> Plenty of time to work on it. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Awesome. Well, Sean, thanks for taking the time to hang out with us. We, uh, yeah, we so. appreciate learning a little bit more about you and just kind of, you know, hey. in, in this hey. time where there's nothing to talk about, finding things to talk about.
3: <laughs> yeah. I, I appreciate you guys having me on Anytime I'm, I'm hanging out, I'm around,
1: well we'll circle back during the football season that we are gonna have. Let's think optimistic. Yep. Let's do like it.
3: I like it. will uh... I'll save some, uh, you know, breaking news for the for the pod one time, and I'll, <laughs> and I'll get in trouble, but it'll be worth it, you know. There you go.
1: Well, we we are state media, so you tell us not to run something, and we're not going to run it. So. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Anything else from you?
2: We're good here.
1: All right. If we know you, we'll see you soon. If not, we'll catch you next time. Go Grizz. Bye Alan.